comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. My name is Ichabod Crane. Good morrow, and welcome to the Ichapod Cranecast, the podcast that recaps each week's new episode of Sleepy of Fox, the Fox television series Sleepy Hollow. I am Aaron, and with me is Brandon Peters. Hello. And Maxwell Haddad. Greetings, everybody. Uh, tonight's episode, we're talking about Season 2, Episode 7, Deliverance. Uh, we didn't miss a week, so we'll kind of briefly go into that, and I guess we can do that right now. Uh, last week was called the An- And the Abyss Gazes Back. It should have just been called Wendigo. Because that's just easier. But with that in mind, I feel like I'm not alone in saying that was not the strongest episode of Sleepy Hollow. No. I, we're, I didn't expect to feel the 18-episode season so much, but we've had a couple spots here where it's been, you know, I feel weak because of it, maybe. Am I alone? Hello? Maxwell? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was thinking about it, and while I didn't think it was necessarily a bad episode of TV, Agreed. it was arguably the worst episode Sleepy Hollow has done. And I think it just comes from uh, the Wendigo seems like a neat concept that the show just didn't do much with. Uh, I think, Well, it's, it's yeah. one of those, if you have a Supernatural-based TV show, there's like a list of like creatures from myths and and history that you gotta hit, and Wendigo is one of those creatures, so it was like, okay, I get it, and it just wasn't that well done. I like the sort of uh, personal connection with it being uh, Sheriff Corbin's son, and it was nice to see Clancy Brown again, Mm -hmm. and I even thought the actor who played his son was pretty decent. It it just, I don't know, the effects on the the Wendigo itself weren't that great, um, and it just didn't uh, excite me that much, and you know, I did the one thing I, that did kind of catch me off guard is, you know, we had that scene. Uh, I don't know if it was the one before this or two before this where Henry was mashing up the bone. And so it was nice to see what that was leading to quickly rather than it being something that was drawn out. The show does deliver its answers quickly. but Yeah, I agree with that. And But, yeah, I, I do think, and Brandon, you kind of said it already, uh, having 18 episodes, it does feel like the season has less urgency than last season which seems yeah. fairly obvious just because they you know they know what kind of show they, they know how popular they are now and i think they're just putting the effort into really delve into the different storylines they want to because they i feel like there's a an understanding that they'll at least be able to accomplish just enough in terms of the number of episodes even if they don't have kind of ratings in mind at the current time but i don't think sleepy hall is suffering i don't think we've yeah it's, it's weird because i feel like the serialization is stronger but the pace is lagging because yeah, that's, they yeah. don't they don't shy away from everything else going on like last season it you feel like you'd go a couple episodes and then they get back to the story or this would you know be a bit, much more monster of the week well it this felt, one, it felt like last season was like, we could get canceled any day, guys, so let's just keep doing this. So, like, they just kept pushing, True. pushing forward. That's kind of the pace that I felt last season. It doesn't feel, it feels like they acknowledge that they're probably not going to get canceled after this next episode, so they can keep kind of going at the rate that they're going. Right, right. And I don't mind, like, categorically, I'm against Monster of the Week episodes, because this season has had a couple that were pretty good. Yeah. It, this, there's just something about the Wendigo episode that was off. It, it, yeah, which is unfortunate, but. Stakes were low. It was kind of dull. I don't know. I don't want to trash talk it too much. Yeah, I mean, we do like the show. I don't think any of us thought it was a bad episode, but yeah, it does seem like a weaker one, and especially with this. I episode. enjoyed the video game jokes and the yoga jokes. And we, and you know, we, are, yeah, I did too. And we have this week's episode, 
which is a lot more exciting, but we'll get to that oh, soon. Oh, yeah, we'll get to that yes. soon. Before um, we get to uh, some other things that we normally do on the show, I do want to read an iTunes review, because we got one. Um, uh, and it's kind of funny, which I'll get to why in a reason, but here here it is. Uh, this one is from SF. Gives us five stars. Uh, I listened to this podcast all last season, and starting with this one as well, I like that the reviewers are more about the mesh of the story and various references in the show. They discuss the actors, but it is less fanboy girl-ish than other shows, which I like. Keep it up, boys. Then he, then he, then he adds, you could add a female influence as well, or a person of color. Mix it up, but nonetheless, I like your show. The Gotham Corner is interesting. I like Gotham, but not as much as Sleepy Hollow. I think we agree <laughs> on that part. The person of color part. Is a little Aaron, you're just not black enough. I'm not black enough for the show, apparently, guys. Uh, no, uh, I mean, <laughs> understandably, not everyone necessarily sees what we look like or what have you, but I should note that I am of color. I am a, I am a, I, I am black. Um, uh, I, you know, if we wanted to add a, a female influence as well, you know, we're happy to have guests on the show. I mean, as we stand, it's this trio. That's what we're doing. To address the female voice in the show, we have had a uh, Chrissy from Sleepy Hollow Addict Zombie. Yeah, I mean, it's Brandon Maxwell and I. That's the that's the show setting. It's hard. To, we can't just we're not we can't just add Poochie. We can't just add a new cast member randomly on the show. But you never know in the future who's, uh, who knows. Uh, speaking of Chrissy, though, uh, we got a I got a a message from her. I've 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 uh, guested on her show and she's guested on our show in the past. And uh, uh, she has a a thing going around about called uh, thanks thanks Sleepy sponsors. Uh, which is um, it's about uh, thanking the advertisers for supporting the show. I saw on Twitter uh, last week Chrissy talking directly with one of these sponsors' Twitter accounts, um, which was cute. Yeah, and I, I have a link that I'll put in the show notes, but it's basically about um, kind of it's it's a way of thanking the uh, the producers, cast, writers of the series for like the hard work and um, and kind of a celebration of the advertisers who are helping keep the show going. So I just wanted to mention that uh, because Chrissy, it's nice to do a favor for a friend. Um, with that in mind, what else? Um, thanks for the uh, iTunes review, by the way. We didn't really say thank you for that, but thank you for that. We do appreciate the comments, and yeah, I mean, we we do what we can. We like doing the show. We like doing doing it, you know, to make it interesting. Um, and you too can leave an iTunes review, to re- review or rating at a it could be a Kapod Crankcast on iTunes. It'd be really helpful for our show. Helps other people find our show. And uh, speaking of which, you can also email us at ichapodcrankcast at gmail dot com or follow us on Twitter and Facebook at ichapodcrank for both of those. And yeah, um, so moving on. Let's uh, get to let's get to the the new hit feature before we get to the main show of the week. Let's uh let's do a little Gotham Corner. Um, okay, so we we missed last week, so that means we we, we missed uh two episodes of or you know we missed last week's episode of Gotham as well. Uh, I know Maxwell, you have not seen these episodes of Gotham yet, so it's just gonna be Brandon and I talking about these for now. And so yeah, last week we had a uh, I'm not gonna go too far into kind of spoilerish on these because I don't want to ruin it for Maxwell. But with that said, uh, we had these two episodes of Gotham. This week's was called the Penguin's Umbrella. And um, I just want to say I really like this episode. I really like last week's episode, too. Um, and I won't spoil why necessarily. I'll just say it gave Bullock a chance to develop his character, which is something that's been needed on the show. Yes. Um, as far as this week's show, there is a, a central section of it that's very exciting, involving Gordon in action. And uh, from there, it takes on some new turns that really do a lot to kind of shake up the plotting of the show, which I appreciated. Yeah, de- definitely. It, was, it had some stuff I didn't see coming. Um, I I, uh, I feel kind of I feel like Gordon is kind of like a weird anomaly amongst the rest of the characters in the show. Like he feels like and Gordon's supposed to be in this time in Gotham out of place, but I mean it really feels he like really feels odd in comparison to the rest of the people. I feel like everyone else is a little bit more colorful, and he's just straight. 
Yeah, they mm-hmm. really don't want they really don't want to shade him in any layer of gray. There, there was like, a scene where he was getting um I'll say a checkup with a doctor mm-hmm. and and he just felt like some like odd personality amongst everybody. It was really you, it's just it's funny. Do you guys blame that on the writing or the performance? I don't see I don't see it as a flaw no. of the show I necessarily it's not a though. Flaw. It's just it's, it's something I'm noticing and I'm not saying it's a it's a bad thing. It's just it's just kind of makes me smirk a little and that kind of interesting i think they're i think both sides are doing their job it's just a way they're trying to fine-tune balancing it and weaving it in because i credit it to like the kind of the pulpiness of the series which it's had problems kind of balancing in terms of tone overall but at the you know in the stripping it down to its basic points i do think the handling of gordon it makes sense in a very kind of black i mean there's gray in the world but kind of a black and white fashion of creating this kind of hero character that's unbending in what he's doing it, uh, and I, I do admire Ben McKenzie. I think he's doing it. I think he's doing a solid job with this performance. Yeah, he's, yeah. Not, he's not. He's not given the most characterization of the. And he's not as near. Yeah, as you said, he's not nearly as colorful as the other characters. But I do think he, for playing straight laced and heroic, I think he's doing a good job of presenting that without making it seem any, in any way, ambiguous in terms of where his kind of motives really lie. Mm-hmm. Which I think is what the show's trying to do. It's still, you know, it still could be better. Like I really like these past two episodes, but it's it's not like the show's suddenly perfect and amazing now. Yeah, and I, I find it funny that one one actor has played two villains on DC shows this, yeah. this within weeks of each other. Yeah, he's in hot demand. Yes, who was that? Uh, the character, he, like he was the villain on the first episode of the Flash, I believe. Or it was okay. episode three. It was the Mist. Oh, it was the Mist. I forget. I okay, it is they, they, wind, they, they reran that episode. They reran that episode Tuesday night. Yeah, and he plays uh, Victor Zaz on Gotham. Yeah. Oh, Zaz. Yeah, he's a creepy looking dude. So. Yeah, you can see why. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. We've we got to keep moving, so let, that's it for, for uh, Gotham Corner. All right, so let's get to it now. Let's get to the main episode of the week for Sleepy Hollow. Let's get to Deliverance. Uh, this week's episode begins. And boy, is it November and time for sweeps, right? Yeah, apparently, yeah, because we have... Do uh... I not get to read the synopsis? Oh, yeah, what's the, yeah. what is the synopsis, Maxwell? What's going oh, on? Oh, yeah, it's a brief one this week, so kudos to whoever... Uh... Pen this. Uh, Abby and Ichabod learn that Katrina is in imminent danger and race against the clock to help her. And, by the way, in the ratings department, uh, Sleepy Hollow remains consistent, which is a pretty valuable asset for a show to have. If it can stay week, week strong, advertisers like that because it means it's not losing anybody and they have a core audience that they can advertise to. It had a 1.5 rating, 4.5 million viewers. If I sound like a broken record on these ratings, it's because... They're the same every week, which there are worse things. I mean, Fringe lasted for five years purely because it had consistent ratings. Not because they were good, but they were consistent. Very cool. And yeah, with that said, episode starts. We're in a flashback mode. We see Katrina and Ichabod kind of lying in bed together, all, you know, all sexy-like. And, uh, Ooh. yeah, mm-hmm. they talk about what their children will be like. Very fitting. <laughs> we jump back into the present. There's just no way to predict that your child's going to be, an, you know, older than you are, evil villain. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we jump back to the present, uh, where things are exactly the opposite of what they were just talking about, because Katrina's just waking up with horrible visions and realizing there's something inside of her throat, and she just she's she's not not doing very well. Not a lot of good Katrina doing well this week in terms of health wise. <laughs> but moving, we'll get back to that. But I want to move on because this week, as opposed to last week, which didn't seem to have a Halloween episode in mind, this week the midterm elections. Are right on Sleepy Hollow's mind, apparently. <laughs> yes, <laughs> ready to get yes. that done. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. I was like, "What, really?" So we, so we get like, we get, we get some of the classic Ichabod humor it, as far as kind of modern day works, as he talks about the, uh, 
the voting system, and uh, he even he makes a mention of American idolatry, which is one of my favorite lines of the episode. Um, before uh, going to not help Abby vote, but certainly be there for her, which is not allowed. He can't be in the same voting booth as her. Um, but thoughts on this whole the humor before the the storm that we get to? That's cute. Cute. It's a good word. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, we get back to Katrina. She's feeling terrible. She tells Elbert. She tells Abraham. She feels. Like, there's some kind of poison in her. He insists that he's done nothing of the sort to, you know, harm Katrina anyway. But then Henry comes in with his, like, goon squad, and he's like, hey, we're going, uh, we, we have a, we, we have, we have so, we, we're, we're taking her away. We have things to do, and, um, you, you can't be a part of this Abraham. Abraham's trying to get Henry to stop him from taking her and, and hopefully have him talk to Moloch about Katrina because he obviously, he loves her. Henry points out Moloch does not tolerate this nonsense. And after Abraham starts to kind of, he, he throw, he, I believe he throws an axe. He does. They wrote axe throw exclamation point in my notes. Um, he tries to. Sometimes I wish the show was available in 3D. Right? Yes. Or like just have some sweet axe it, it throws totally, in the face. Yeah. Just have those moments like in the, this week's TV guide, like get your sleepy hollow 3D glasses so you get ready for those moments. Like that, epi- that uh, episode Chuck? in season three of Arrested Development. Oh yeah, Arrested Development. Yes. Like Chuck did that too. Oh yeah, though. Chuck like, did Chuck it had, like, also. Yeah. Episode, Chuck, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Abraham's going all crazy because he wants to keep Katrina safe. Uh, but Henry's goons are trying to get after her. Uh, Henry just uses some magic to open the, the the daylight on upon him and kind of freeze him in place. But Abraham's not having that. He's trying to he's he's very he's doing a very hard very tough job of trying to get through the the ways that expel his presence in order to save Katrina. Uh, regardless, Katrina manages to escape anyway. She runs out of the forest. She arrives screaming for help at a gas station, like just covered in dirt and whatnot in her her fancy dress. Um, and I think that's uh, where we get the get the title come up right there. Uh, so yeah, a lot of a uh, lot of movement on the Katrina front. I, I think, and I think the last time we you know talked about an episode, we were really focused on Katrina because it was a big Ichabod Katrina heavy drama episode. The, the, I believe the, the previously on like alluded back to that episode heavily too. Yeah, how uh, their, their their conflict. Yeah, and and uh, Abraham's reaction to this just lends more credence to my. I think I mentioned this last time. Uh, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. I can't help but see a direction wherein Headless and Ichabod sort of team up because of their shared interest in Katrina. What he what he doesn't have on top of his neck, he makes up for in his heart. I just threw up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a way to think of it. And, of course, we also have a, a showdown later on that could also turn the tide in certain ways, but we don't know. Um, but yeah, I, I certainly agree with your points, Max. I see, I could see things happening in the future regarding the allegiances of certain characters. But anyway, getting back, Ichabod and Abby are told about Katrina. The, well, they describe a person that sounds a lot like Katrina who's been in, in, uh, entered into a hospital, and they rush over there. They find her. Uh, she has like a huge fever. She has some kind of infection in her in her abdominal wall. She tells Katrina tells Ichabod what's going on. Then she starts screaming in pain, and there's all these like veins and stuff going across her belly and looks all kinds of painful she explains that she's tried spells but nothing's working and so crane and abby they try to they get her out of there to they get her out of there and at the same time they see that like henry's goon, henry's, henry's goon squad's like on their way uh, coming for her as well uh they break up so abby can follow go after them while like about an abby when uh, katrina they go back to uh, uh back to the for first off they go to the archives right they go to uh kind of stay safe and they move later on from there um with that though in order to get Katrina out of the hospital, they of course have to dress her up in something. So they find like the they find like tight pants and a corset. I think they called it like someone's goth clothing that was in the Lost and Found. Lost, yeah. Yes. 
I'll be really shallow for a brief second and say whatever it was. It looked really nice. So did every, <laughs> so did every extra in that hospital as they're all leering at Katrina. She's walking yeah. down the hall. Even place. even Ichabod had to admit that it may. I mean, it like hugged her curves in a very uh, appealing fashion. We'll say a revealing fashion. Ichabod would say. And, and I believe Katrina asked, like, do you like this? And he's like, no, I, yes, but no. <laughs> he's very <laughs> befuddled about how to answer that question. Let's see. So, yeah, uh, we get back to the archives. Katrina tells Ichabod about the uh, a notebook that the goon doc that one of Henry's goon doctors had with him. Crane recognizes it, it, Crane recognizes it and shows him a similar drawing uh, of a symbol of a bygone society called the Hellfire Club, which made me think of X-Men. So I was wondering what kind of mashup that would be. They fought, they fought for evil to prevail. Uh, he then explains Benjamin Franklin got the key that got Abby out of purgatory from them, uh, which we realized earlier in the season. I remember I was I remember hearing about the Hellfire Club before I couldn't remember I couldn't place it, but then I did. But yeah, Franklin wrote about the, il- the illness like Katrina's, but doesn't say what happened to the woman. When Katrina tells Crane about Abraham, he's bothered by the idea that she's starting to see him as human. So there's more trouble afoot <laughs> uh, in regards to kind of the relationship that these, the relationships that these people have. Uh, but she assures Ichabod that she's only talking to Abrahams to further their cause. Regardless of all this, they eventually realize that Katrina, she's pregnant with something. Like, there's something going on with inside her. Um, which is presumably a demon, but we'll get back to that. Um, meanwhile, Abby's following the goons to the warehouse. She calls Crane to tell her the location. She, look, she listens in on a doctor. She sees stuff going on there involving a stone tablet. She gets a picture of that. And she's basically on her own stealth mission. Then she manages to get out there, get out of there and steal the doctor's notebook as well. So yeah, that's a lot right there. Anything to say, guys, about this? I'm finding this a difficult episode to talk about piece by piece because it's yeah. the momentum is so tight. Very hurried, yeah. Um, and I mean that in a good way. Like I was so involved and uh, connected, but like every everything that happened in this episode was of a piece and was really strong. Yeah, definitely. It's like I have thoughts on it after it all happens as a whole. Yeah, me so, too. So much as, you know. Well, then let's just talk right about it. I don't need to keep going through this. We have people see the episode. So, yeah. Katrina's We're throwing pre- it out! Katrina's pregnant with a demon. It's not a demon, though. It's actually Moloch. I didn't necessarily I mean, I thought happen. towards the end, especially, this was like some awesome David Cronenberg-esque body horror. Yeah. Right. I was yeah. like, oh, yeah, this is sweet. Yeah, and, I mean, did you guys think that Katrina might be on her way out? Possibly, I, I, there's there's a couple seconds where I did. Yeah, I'm watching as I'm watching like those moments where she was, you know, they were exercising it from her, and then watching how painful it was, and she was talking to Ichabod. I then suddenly remembered we're getting at November sweeps, and this show has never experienced a major death yet. Um, and I was like, oh, this could be. And no, she was fine. So I, I, I mean, Clancy I, I, Brown I, is pretty major, Brandon, wasn't well, it? I mean, it was. I know, I know. <laughs> they kicked it off. I mean, we knew we we majorly knew him for a couple seconds before yeah. he was killed. But um, I guess you know, there, John Cho may be hanging out somewhere. Um, but if, if anything, I think that there uh, of the core cast, we haven't seen anybody. And oh, granted, sure. yeah. not that they have a huge core cast that they can just keep picking people off, but they haven't done that turning point death that just sort of like raises stakes and they usually come in november and february i keep thinking that they're going to try to lock katrina back in purgatory if they're going to keep using her to try and unleash moloch in some way which i have an idea that she could be a villain later down the road with her witchcraft and stuff maybe taking over in a sort of like willow fashion with that happened with buffy i i honestly um correct me if i'm wrong but we saw like the little ant get into her mouth at the end of the last episode yes yes okay so before this started that was I thought she was gonna be possessed and and they were gonna use her witchcraft for evil, 
So this was definitely a subversion on my expectations, but I still think it's possible that, you know, because of her immense witchy powers that she could turn evil, which would be very compelling. And her connection connection to Abraham, of course, too. Right, right. After Um, Harry and Moloch, there's, you know, they're, they got to up the stakes with a personal villain. She's, you know, she could she could work out in making things just as deep if if those two are done away with by the end of the season or something. Yeah, but it is sweeps. You're right, and uh, you know, deaths or returns of old characters are like the top two items that happen in sweeps episodes. So she very well could have died at the end, but she didn't. No. Nope. I mean, if anything with sweeps, and I hate to think this, but. If they wanted to kill Orlando Jones off, if they wanted to kill Irving off, they're prob- they're in the position to do so if he wanted to make some sacrifice. He's, he's to got the him. benefit of being like the show's biggest fan and social media interactor. Yeah. That I, I, I don't know if they'd chance that. Yeah, I, that's I would, the main that's, cast. I think it's the, most likely that Jenny would die. Jenny, or or you could knock off Holly, who's been here. I Which mean, is another thought, too, because I feel like Jenny, They I don't, I mean... That's my own speculation, but I, I don't know if they'd add her to the, you know, the cast and the opening credits if they're going to kill her. I mean, it's not. This isn't a Joss Whedon show. Like, it's, True. It's certainly it's not out of the realm of possibility. That's for sure. But I mean, it, this is all speculation of what it could happen, though. I mean, so it's we don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I don't like see like they put they put Henry Parrish in the, the opening credits, and I don't imagine him being as you know unless something happens, he turns to the side of good, and it's okay for everybody from everybody that he joins him that he would be a main cast member villain i could see him coming back from time to time but look at like like the the walking dead had the governor in the cast for like the entire season it was only in like a couple episodes like last year true honestly at the end of the day it's only contractual yeah yeah it's It's about (laughs) how many episodes they're going to be in or their importance over the whole season it's purely about how good their agent is and what the the producers were willing to allow right so i mean (laughs) at the end of the day you can't really use it as a way of seeing who's going to live or die. <laughs> yeah, and I, I hate doing that, too. I hate that kind of spe- speculation based on that matter. But let's to get back to the episode, get back to Henry, really, I guess, in terms of... I thought this was maybe John Noble's best performance of the season. Uh, yeah, I, was... I would agree in terms of kind of not dialing down kind of the more I'm the villainness of his performance and kind of tapping into something a little deeper. When he's when he's by himself, it's some of his stronger moments, For I sure. think, this yeah. season. Yeah. Well, like the last episode we talked about, it, it, the last scene was him weeping on the floor. Like, yeah. like well, and a, he's terrific no. with Orlando Jones too. When those two are together, I really like his scenes. Yeah, that scene was was really strong. So, so this week we get a scene between Moloch and, or not Moloch, with Henry and Ichabod, where they're facing off. And I, I mean, obviously, I think you're referring to that somewhat, Maxwell. But yeah. I think that was a terrific scene. No, yeah. it was great. That whole sequence of him and Ichabod was great. It's so kind of they're trying to one up each other as they in, go into what each other represents, and uh, I, I did like a lot of what time Tom Meissen was throwing back at Henry, where he suggests like if you want us gone, then do it, wave your hand and make us gone. Like there's kind of attacks at him while Henry's trying to do his best to keep himself collected, and then you get that 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 one moment where Ichabod you know touches Henry and they he gets a he gets a glimpse of what might be going on inside of his head. Like there's a lot there to chew on, which I really appreciated. Yeah. So what about um you know what happens with the new sheriff? Uh Oh yeah. Yeah. I it 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 uh was much more pleasing direction than I expected. Yes. I agree and I really like the kind of Ray, like the like cuz so Reyes and Ab, like Abby somewhat confesses what's going on in Sleepy Hollow to Reyes to an extent. Not really 
all that specifically in terms of like there's supernatural stuff afoot, but more of there's cults and stuff, and you need to help us out with this. And it leads to a, a pretty exciting action sequence. They, uh, they open the first door of craziness. With yeah, they, yeah, and Reyes kind of sees it. Slowly want, letting her in. And following all of that, I did like not only like Reyes like kind of telling Abby's like you know what that was pretty good, but like looking at looking at Ichabod and being like, what do you do again? And he's like, I'm a you know criminal. Uh, criminal investigator whatever and uh with an uh, emphasis on historical and she's like yeah good and like she's just like with it it's like i i, I yeah, like all of that i thought it was really like a really smart response from ichabod and like a really rational and like pleasing response from the sheriff it's much better when the uh, or at least less frustrating for the viewers when you know everyone's kind of on the same page because when you have a show like this, and I know we've talked about this before, in particular with this character, where you you know you have our good guys and our bad guys who are really evil, the last thing you need is like this extraneous, you know, frustrating character who's sort of like stopping them from doing what they have to do. Yeah, it's like you already got trouble going on. Someone's hanging off the cliff, and then someone walks up and's like, "By the way, your tax is overdue." Like, what are you what are you doing? Like, come on, get out of here! All this nonsense. Like, <laughs> I don't need all this trouble. <laughs> and so, yeah, having while there still could be drama potentially coming from Reyes in her interaction with the, you know the, the sleepy crew, um, it is nice that there's a level of understanding that we got to see here, as opposed to kind of manufactured drama in the form of a character that says no all the time. Yeah. Um, getting to the hokier things of this episode, obviously we had to find the tablet to open the thing that will cause the Aurora Borealis to shine through the window at just the right time to stop the demon <laughs> baby. And it's one of those things where, like, this show is ridiculous for having to make someone explain that in some way. But that's what happened. We needed to harness an Aurora Borealis from a crystal that was located inside of a tablet so we could stop a Moloch pregnancy birth from happening. That's that's like why I love this show because exactly. it's like so <laughs> stupid, but it makes it work. Like right. when he breaks open the thing and he has the the crystal and the light shining through, I was like, yes! It was awesome. It's just anytime and I dumb and it, awesome. Anytime I hear something about Aurora Borealis, I think back to like Simpsons Principal Skinner alerts Superintendent Jalbers that Aurora Borealis is contained entirely inside of his kitchen. Like that, it's just that 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 term just gets to me so quickly. But I love that that's that was that was the solution to stopping a birth apparently, and a pretty nasty looking birth by the way. Like I, it looked like a some kind of chest burster was about to come out of oh, Katrina. Yeah. It was going to be pretty gnarly. Yeah, it was. Oof. But yeah, this is definitely that show. This is the show that can harness an Aurora Borealis through a stained glass window in a church or whatever and, you know, stop evil from coming out of some poor woman. <laughs> Closed off with, like, a fist bump at the end of the episode, of course, too. But yeah, so Katrina survived, obviously. We got we managed to get that. I'm curious about, like, her ab workout routine at this point, if, like, she needs to do anything to kind of get back in shape. Or it shrunk down. It went right back down. Yeah, yeah, you know, magic. <laughs> <laughs> Any other thoughts on the developments well, that took place? What was Henry collecting at the end? Was that the essence of Moloch from what I they did? I thought it was like the residual the energy resi- that escaped when the Aurora Borealis. Like, like I feel like Moloch and became part of the Aurora Borealis, and now he was like collecting the yeah, residual energy. Too, I'm trying yeah. to say that with a straight face. It's the kind of th- it's like a Doctor Claw ending of Inspector Gadget. Like, <laughs> oh, next time, I, I feel like every episode this season has had that, and that's. You know, despite like not enjoying last week so much and talking about the monster of the week, it's like having these exactly Doctor Claw endings with Henry is is hilarious. It's like, well, this plot failed, but I'll get you next time. <laughs> Sleepy Hollow. <laughs> <laughs> next time, Plan H. 
And, and I feel like every synopsis, too, has been like, next week on Sleepy Hollow, Henry's on Plan 12. To def- it's like um, Marwan in, in Season 4 of 24. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Like, this plan failed, but I have a list of 20 more to try. Good call back Cont- to the Jack Contingency plan masters, yeah. Yes, and for those of you that did listen to the Jack and Chloe adventure cast, that was a, a nice tie-in. Uh, so with that said, I mean, yeah, we got the Moloch, the Henry Moloch stuff going on. Um, we also, of course, have um, Ichabod and Abby discussing Henry. And, uh, I mean, we got all, there was a lot of drama earlier on, too, I mean, about Abby and Abby, Katrina, and Ichabod considering how to go about understanding what, what they need to to you know, figure out this whole Katrina problem. And it results in Ichabod and Katrina saying that we need to talk to our son, while Abby's like, I don't think that's a good idea. And so we get to... And she's, he doesn't throughout this. Uh, but we get to the end of the episode, and yeah, there's still a kind of discussion regarding this between Ichabod and Abby, where she she can't believe that there's good in Henry, but Ichabod says, well, from what he saw, I, he thinks that there could be something something there. And uh, it's nice to know Ichabod has faith in his son, I guess. Yeah, there, yeah, there's that drama where, you know, Abby doesn't have that connection. All she sees is evil from him, and which... Ichabod really has only seen evil from his son as well. Any other thoughts on uh, kind of Ichabod and his handling of his son this episode? Yeah, obviously we haven't seen much much charitable stuff in the way of Henry <laughs> focused on his father. It's more of just this is my dash to the plot, as we just talked about. He needs a mustache to twirl. That Maybe that's the next spell. Evil mustache put off his, uh, his clipboard. Where was Katrina at the end of this episode? Is she still with Ichabod and Abby? Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, they like still there? have her. Yeah, they still have yeah. her. And so I, I, I do think they discussed, like, Abraham's gonna be looking for her, so we're gonna. We, I guess we we can expect more axe throws in the future. Got to. So, what did you guys think of this episode on the whole? I uh, I thought it was very exciting. I I enjoyed it for that reason. I did. I was able to kind of because it's Sleepy Hollow. The the whole solution to the pregnancy thing is fine with me. It does make me wonder if the show is ever gonna go to kind of some drastic measures to change things up as far as kind of Katrina lived in this episode when she could have easily not kind of goes but uh no, overall I, I think this is a, a very exciting episode of Sleepy Hollow with a with that that center scene of Ichabod and um Henry being you know certainly one of the one of the highlights of the season I see like progress in this show moving forward like to get to more of what I'm wanting to see where you know we have Katrina now what looks like she'll be finally in ta- like put into the group and not just hanging out with the bad guys and then all we need is we have Reyes learning a little bit more so we don't have so much of a wall to stop him from things all we need is Orlando Jones freed and we'll be back on track you Maxwell yeah i thought it was like excellent maybe the best episode since the premiere of the season i thought it was Firing at all, all cylinders emotionally. The momentum was great. I loved the body horror. Um, I thought all the characters fit in well. There were some satisfying developments with relationships. Um, it was really creepy and icky. And also, I, I just wanted to mention briefly, um, the Hellfire Club was, you know, a real organization. I, I don't know to what extent they dabbled in the supernatural or the evil, but um, from my very basic understanding of it it was a club of you know high society people a lot of politicians who would get together and uh, sort of engage in debaucherous activity sort of out of the the limelight um so i think you know making that extend to evil is kind of clever um it also makes me wonder uh, and i'm not really a conspiracy theorist but uh what um you know, if the Hellfire Club is still around and what they're up to these days. That's not a that's not a bad notion to to think about. 
uh, as far as far as this show goes, I think actually I'm very kind of curious if that's going to be more and more. Like with, this is the second time we've mentioned the Hellfire Club in this season so far. I'm, I'm curious if that's going to be another order of people that Henry maybe recruits um, to kind of help him out and all this. Like who's his who's his goon squad? They're just like Moloch worship, worshippers, right? Yeah, pretty much. Do they have a name? I think they had a name like from last season or something that I can't think of. The Hessians. Yeah, Hessians, right? Aren't they Hessians or something like that? Yeah, the Hessians, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Although they haven't really used that term. No, they haven't really at all. Mm-hmm. Let's see, anything else uh, to talk about before we, like, before we get to next? I mean, I think we've all kind of shared various predictions of all kinds. Yeah. Know you know what I'd like them. to see? Um, yeah. A lot of these episodes are getting uh, very typical with their opening of, of Ichab- a close-up on Ichabod talking about something that sounds like he's in some dangerous situation or something crazy bad's happening, and it's like, him and Abby doing yoga or something like that. I'd like to see them start out with one and then really be in a crazy situation. To That'd be like nice, yeah. Keep baiting us and baiting us and then go, whoa, okay. Because these are starting and I'm like, okay, what are they? Like, re- like, yeah, I mean, last week was not obvious. Re- yeah. Last week was not. I mean, this week did start with kind of sexy bedtime for Ichabod and Katrina. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but like, I, a lot I, of these are starting with those little hooks and, and I'd like to see one actually turn out to be something like that. Like, oh, whoa. It would be nice to see, yeah, like the kind of the end of an episode that we never get to, like some kind of lost episode, like we see, like like a lost episode of Sleepy Hollow where we don't actually see what the problem was. We just kind of see right. like, the solution. Yeah, that'd be cool. Which I think like Buffy dabbled in every now and then. Oh yeah. The, the oh, lo- Buffy would do that a lot. Like the episode would start like in the middle of a uh, a chase scene or something like absolutely crazy. Yeah. Um, it remind uh sort of not exactly that, but one of my favorite Buffy episodes is called um. Uh, the Zeppo, Zeppo, yeah, which yeah. is like a riff on Zeppo Marx, and it's all it focuses on Xander and all the other Buffy gang is dealing with like this absurd, over the top apocalypse, and we sort of see it like glimpsed throughout the episodes, but we follow Xander on a far more, you know, mundane, but in terms of compared to the apocalypse, but absolutely hilarious. Yeah, it's a self parody. Uh, it's terrific. Oh yeah, it was. I mean, yeah. that show was wildly self aware. Well, great. With all that said, uh, Brandon, you want to read the synopsis for next week's episode? Yes, next week. Heartless. Crane and Abby set out to take down a succubus whom Henry has sent out to drain the life forces of its victims. Kanye West a guest star in Heartless. Heartless. What if that was true? Uh, (laughs) Tune in. Skip next week and tune in again. No. Uh, okay, so with all that said, that's going to bring us to the end of our tale for this week in the Hollow. Feel free to email us at ichapodcranecast.gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter and at Facebook at ichapodcrane. Uh, you can check out our other show, other shows on hhwld.com. That's where you can, of course, find this show, Ichabod Cranecast. But, of course, there's shows like the Walking Dead TV podcast, um, the Out Now with Aaron and Abe show, which is myself and my co-host Abe talking about new movies weekly, and other fun shows about comics and games and stuff like that. Uh, Brandon, where can people find more of your work? You can follow me on Twitter at BT Peters. I write uh, reviews for WhySoBlue.com and on my blog, Naptown Nerd, this month. If you are a Nightmare on Elm Street fan, it turned 30, and my blog is totally dedicated to it all month. Maxwell? Uh, yeah, follow me on Twitter at Cinemaxwell, uh, and you can check out my website, Cinemaxwell.com. And yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. You can follow my personal blog, TheCodeOfZeke.com, where I have all my written movie reviews, as well as at WhySoBlue.com for movie and Blu ray reviews. And yeah, I think that's. I think that's it. Then we got it, guys. We we nailed deliverance. Take that, John Voigt. And um, slam. <laughs> da, 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 da. For all of us everywhere that's ever experienced a painful Moloch birth, only to be solved by an Aurora Borealis prism, that's going to do it. So until next time, heads will roll. Oh.
just call me Lucifer Cause I'm in need of some restraint So if you meet me Have some courtesy Have some sympathy And some taste Use all your well-learned politics Or I'll lay your soul to waste Good morrow, y'all.